Today on Locked On Los Angeles Kings, the Ontario Reign must have heard my complaints because they've looked awfully nice lately. Plus, we take a look forward at the NHL All-Star Game and a look at all the Kings' vacations because they don't have to go to the game. All this and more next on Locked On Los Angeles Kings, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. So today's Wednesday, January 22nd, and you are listening to Locked On Los Angeles Kings, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. My name is Sarah. I'm the host of your show. And guess what? Today is episode 69 of Locked On Los Angeles Kings. If I were, you know, like better at planning things out, or if I hadn't spent the whole weekend in a car and therefore like not being able to plan things out, or if I was just like better with numbers, I would have done this whole show with like bad puns and everything. But unfortunately, or maybe fortunately, depending on how into bad puns you are, uh, you don't get any of that because I didn't realize until shortly before I recorded the show that it's episode 69. So you don't get any special guests. You don't get any bad jokes or bad puns. You just get me doing my best trying my hardest to put together a very nice episode of Locked On Los Angeles Kings as we uh, deal with the bye week because the Kings aren't playing. They are done for a little bit. They've played their last games and now they're all off on vacation, enjoying their lives, being wealthy and warm and all that stuff. And pretty much none of them except for Andre Kopitar have pretty much anything to do for quite some time. So they're on their breaks. I was on a little bit of a break, but we've still got a show to do. We've still got things to talk about. And I'm going to start today's show by talking about the Ontario rain. So last week, I spent about three shows or parts of three shows with special guest Jason Hernandez from Locked on Ducks, who goes to a lot of rain games, so therefore gets to see all of our King's children, see what they're up to. I had him come on to talk to me about the rain and what he's been seeing, who's been good, who's been a disappointment, kind of what hope there is for rain fans. Uh, if you missed those shows, you can go back and listen to them. To be honest, we pretty much talked about how bad they looked, and it was kind of to the point where it seemed in many ways that the only hope for the rain was going to be the impending trade deadline in the NHL with the assumption that that would mean that there'd be new faces coming in on the rain because the Kings would make some moves and bring in some prospects, maybe kind of a Carl Grundstrom scenario where they bring in a guy who is a highly touted prospect, gets to spend some time in Ontario with the rain, make an impact, you know, become a player that can be relied on down there. It was looking like that was all that the rain had to look forward to was getting some new faces and maybe saying goodbye to some players as people moved on, moved along, but really we're just looking for anything, anyone who could contribute on either side of the ice because defense has been a real struggle for the rain lately and sometimes they can score or they can't score. Really, it's just everything. Everything has been a struggle for the rain. And it's almost like they heard that conversation because they since those episodes, have won two of their last three games. The only loss came in overtime to Tucson, who is one of the best teams in the league, and that was a 2-1 game, so can't really complain about that too much. In their last three games, the Reign have scored nine goals and allowed just three. Martin Ferg has four goals in three games, including scoring the only goal that came against Tucson, so he basically picked right up where he left off after his stint up in the NHL. Carl Grundstrom, Paul Ledoux, and Gabe Velarde all have three points in three games. Jared Anderson Dolan rejoined the lineup on Monday after being reassigned from the Kings. They also reassigned Matt Luff, who will be probably expected to get in some games with the rain as well. Anderson Dolan had a goal and an assist in his one game. So right now, the rain are sitting at 500. They're 18 18, 4, and 1 
makes them fourth in the Pacific Division. They're ahead of San Diego, Bakersfield, and San Jose. The Rain play again next Friday and Saturday on the road. Stockton and San Jose is their opponents. And if you look forward to the rest of the season, the only games they have left are all in-division games. So they're playing only Pacific Division teams the rest of the year from here on out. So every game, every win is crucial for the Rain to claw into and cement their playoff standing uh, situation. The Rain's last game was against Bakersfield on Monday night. The Rain won three to nothing. Cal Peterson with a shutout. Uh, but that that win did not pass without incident, though. Uh, early in the second period, there was an altercation between Bakersfield defenseman Brendan Manning and Ontario forward Boko Imama uh, that resulted in matching roughing penalties for both guys, plus Manning got a game misconduct. The reason for that penalty wasn't immediately clear. Uh, if you watch the broadcast, they think that maybe he's going back into the locker room to get medical attention or to, you know, maybe he had an equipment issue or something. And then there were other reports kind of on Twitter online saying that they had thought that Manning's penalty was as a result of abusive officials, which could have been plausible given that if you watch the clip, you can see he does kind of get up close and personal with some officials. So you could think maybe he pushed someone or said something to one of them. But on Tuesday, it became clear what happened with Manning. Uh, The AHL announced suspensions and Manning got five games as a result of using a racial slur in that little scuffle. So if you go back and you watch the play, video review of it doesn't really make what happened any clearer. Uh, if you rewind back to the last thing that happens before the whistle, Imama is skating along the boards. He's hit by Bakersfield defenseman Jake Kulovich. And, you know, nothing to seem there. Seems like a pretty ordinary play. Um, Imama's a physical guy, so you would expect him to be on the receiving end of some hits. Uh, Imama's fine. He goes to the net. As the whistle blows... Imama and Bakersfield forward Tyler Benson have some sort of exchange. Uh, can't really tell if Benson says something to him, if he pushes him, whatever. And then Imama responds to that, pushes Benson. And then that's when Manning gets involved. And he immediately goes and engages with Imama. The officials jump between them, start separating everybody. Penalties handed out. We don't know exactly what happened. We don't know what was said. I would argue it's not really relevant to know what racial slur Brendan Manning said. All of them are bad and you shouldn't be saying any of them. It's not really important to me to know what specific word that he said. Uh, Manning, for his part, made a statement saying, last night I made comments to an opposing player that were stupid and offensive. After the game, I spoke with the opposing player in person, which I'm very grateful for. He allowed me to apologize, and I took full responsibility for what I said. To say I've learned from this situation is an understatement, and I promise to be better. Bakersfield GM Keith Gretzky also issued a comment saying, we are aware of an unacceptable comment directed toward an Ontario Rain player by Bakersfield Condors defenseman Brendan Manning during last night's game. This is a very serious matter. We are disappointed by Brandon's comment and we fully support the American Hockey League's decision. The Oilers and Condors organizations wholeheartedly believe in a respectful workplace and will work to better educate our players on appropriate conduct on and off the ice. Neither the Rain nor Imama have issued a statement regarding the event, which is they are well within their rights to not say anything. It is unfortunate that the one player's voice who we have not heard from in all of this is Boku Mama. There have been other players of color who have spoken out on Twitter. Two of the ones that I saw on Twitter were comments from Anthony Duclair and Matthew Joseph, both of whom were basically like, crazy that this is still happening in the year 2020, but we have not heard from Imama. And he is, like I said, well within his rights to stay silent and not bring this out into the forefront. While it's great that Brandon Manning went and apologized to 
their mama and that everything is apparently okay between them. That doesn't make it okay. That doesn't make what he did right. That doesn't mean that the rest of us have to be okay with it, all because Imama just chose to forgive and move on. And ultimately, there is no place for that sort of language in hockey or anywhere in society. And if you're the kind of person who gets mad and the first thing you do when you get mad is use a racist slur or a sexist slur or a homophobic slur or whatever, like, you need to go reevaluate your life because there's just no need for it. That word, if it pops out of your mouth when you're mad, whatever the word was, if it pops out of your mouth when you were mad, that means it's there in your head, just rattling around. And somewhere in your mind, you think it's okay to let loose with a word that is demeaning and dehumanizing to another person. So there is absolutely no place for this in hockey or sports or society. If Boko Imama had chosen to be like, you know what? No, this isn't okay. And I don't forgive you. Like that would have been completely his right in this time of hockey sort of having a reckoning and coming to understand or perhaps just think more about. I can't say that hockey actually understands this. There, There's still too many issues in the sport for me to really wholeheartedly believe that. In this time of there being more of a conversation around issues of abuse, which I would put racist language in that category, you know, everyone needs to be on notice that like, this isn't okay. And it hasn't ever been okay. It's just that now there's more of a platform for people to call this behavior out. And now there's actually more chances that people will listen and take it seriously and not just use a boys will be boys or he was just mad or whatever kind of excuse that we've seen rolled out even in the past couple of years when players say or do something inappropriate. So I'm pleased that the AHL acted very swiftly to suspend Brandon Manning for this, despite the fact that he apologized, despite the fact that he's like, oh, I'm sorry. Like, are you just sorry because you got caught, bro? Probably. I'm pleased that the AHL is taking it seriously. You can debate all day long whether or not you think five games is an appropriate length. If it's too long, too short, hopefully Keith Gretzky actually means it when he says we are going to better educate our players. I don't really know how you get to the year 2020 without realizing you can't say a racist slur just because you're mad, but they can work on that, I guess. So we don't have it happen again. The Ontario Reign play Bakersfield again on January 31st. Manning will still be suspended for that game. So we'll see what happens or if this just sort of gets left and everyone moves on from it. Next on the show, we're going to talk about the upcoming All-Star game for the Kings and check in on what everyone else is doing since they don't have to be in St. Louis. Next on Locked On Los Angeles Kings, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. So the Kings are full steam ahead on their bye week now that games aren't being played and they can go off and do whatever the heck they want. Players are off in far-flung destinations enjoying the sun and the waves, which I guess is different from the sun and the waves that they already get in Southern California. That's always been kind of interesting to me, maybe because I don't have a beach and palm trees and all that great stuff to enjoy on my own, but I'm like, you already live basically in a vacation, and now you've got to go on a different, more expensive vacation to see different beaches and different waves and different palm trees. But, you know, I guess if I were rich, I would also be like, hmm, I'm going to go see these trees instead of those trees. Right now, I think my favorite destination spot that I have seen just based on Instagram posts and stories is Alex Iafalo, who appeared to be like camping on the beach somewhere down near San Diego. (laughs) 
because he's like a full-blown surfer boy right now and like I guess that's what you do but his Instagram story was just like you know his tent looking out on the ocean. I guess he maybe wins for like most rustic of the uh, King's all-star bi-week break uh, vacations. Adrian Kempe is somewhere in the Bahamas. Like again, different beach, different trees, whatever. I'm disappointed again that like his brother Mario went back to the KHL because they could have maybe had some overlapping vacation time and like brother shenanigans. Like that's all I wanted was shenanigans and I'm not getting any of it because Mario went back to the KHL. In the continuing saga of like, this is the weirdest friendship ever, Tao Toffoli and his wife are on vacation in Miami with the Lucic family with uh, Milan Lucic and his wife. Uh, Milan Lucic also apparently currently has like dyed blonde hair. I guess he's throwing it back to juniors. I don't know what's going on with that. But like, it's always been kind of wild to me that those two guys uh, and their wives just became like instant friends from Lucic's one season uh, on the Kings and that they hang out together all the time and go on vacation together. It feels very like opposites attract or like the odd couple or something. I don't know. But that is certainly like my most entertaining of the odd vacation pairings of who goes out places with who. Uh, it is definitely the Tifolis and the Lucic's. I guess that's how you pluralize it. Uh, even Andre Kopitar is getting some vacation time in. He had some Instagram story posts uh, with him and his family on the, on an airplane somewhere. I'm going to assume it's also somewhere beautiful and warm, but he is getting some vacation time in before he has to head back and go to the All-Star game in St. Louis. Nothing's been released yet in regards to who's doing what for the skills competition, so we don't quite know what skills our wonderful captain is going to be participating in. But if you want to try and place your bets now, there is no betting. I just place your bets with yourself, I guess. Only you will know if you won or not. But the events are going to be the fastest skater competition. Don't think they're going to put him in that. The save streak. Uh, this is one for the goalies where the goalies have to compete to see who makes the most consecutive saves. We've got accuracy shooting. I think he's done that one before, so I'm going to guess that might be where he goes. There's the hardest shot competition. I wouldn't put him there. And then there is the shooting stars competition. This is going to be 10 players, eight guys from the NHL, and two women players, one from Canada, one from the United States. And in this game, which is new for this year, players will be positioned on an elevated platform behind the goal, approximately 30 feet above the ice surface, where they'll shoot pucks at a variety of targets located on the ice, with each target possessing different point values. Each player gets to attempt seven shots and earns points for each target hit. So this is definitely inspired by a takeoff of whatever, uh, all those kind of trick shot videos that have been popping up over the years. There was one fairly recently with Sidney Crosby and Evgeny Malkin who did it. There's been the Dude Perfect guys who have done kind of trick shot things with different players in different leagues. Uh, I know they've done stuff with Dallas Stars uh, that's always been pretty entertaining. So this is kind of playing off of that sort of goofy fun idea. The NHL does make sure to note that special protective netting will be installed to better protect the crowd from whatever this nonsense is going to be. We've got all that happening in the skills competition. There's also going to be a three-on-three -three scrimmage featuring women players from the United States and from Canada, uh, a selection of all-stars, national team players, Olympians, world championship medalists from each team. So I think that's going to be a really great way for people who aren't already familiar with women's hockey to get kind of a taste of it 
And for people who are familiar with women's hockey to get to see their favorite players or some of their favorite players on a national television, getting a much bigger platform to show off their games. If you're not uh, familiar with, with women's hockey, if you don't watch it, I really would like recommend watching this and not just changing the channel or getting up or doing something else. These are some of the best players in the world. And I think this is a really great opportunity to get to see them, to get to see what women's hockey has to offer, to get people excited about uh, women's hockey, whether it's the kind of independent professional league of people who are kind of advocating for better programs and better outlets for women's hockey than we have right now, or if it's the NWHL, which is the professional league. Regardless of where you choose to watch your women's hockey, if you choose to watch, you know, Swedish women's hockey or Russian women's hockey or NCAA or whatever, I just think this is a really great way to highlight the game and just build some interest in it. So that will be coming up as well in the NHL skills competition over the weekend. So we'll, of course, update you as soon as we learn what Andre Kopitar is doing and we'll report back in like excruciating detail over how well he does or how poorly he does, depending on uh, the circumstances. Also, don't forget the AHL All-Star Game is coming up next week. I'm actually going to be there to cover the event, talk to players, including our own Martin Ferg, Kale Clegg, Cal Peterson. So we will have more to come on the event, including some live on the ground coverage out in Ontario next week. Coming up next on the show, we're going to finish things out by taking a look at other big stories from around the league. And of course, how do they affect the Kings? But first, I want to talk to you for just a second about advertising. If you've been a listener of this podcast, I'm sure you've heard all the great advertisers working with Locked On to reach sports fans. But you may not know that Locked On Los Angeles Kings is a great way for your local business to reach passionate Kings fans just like you. Unlike any other podcast, Locked On gives your local company the unique ability to reach local podcast listeners. Not just any podcast listener, a Locked On podcast listener. If your company wants to connect with Kings fans and a predominantly male audience that is well-educated with disposable income, then let's put your company right here on this Locked On podcast. Local fans love to support local businesses. Text the word advertising to 33777 or visit lockedonpodcasts.com slash advertising and let us know who you are. We'll get our team to help your team achieve Locked On advertising success. Once again, text the word advertising to 33777 or visit lockedonpodcasts.com slash advertising. We look forward to hearing from you. Finally, on today's show, we're going to take a look at what's going on elsewhere in the National Hockey League. With about half of the league heading into their bye week, I think they've done it so half of the week has the bye week at one time, the other half has the bye week at the other time. Things are slowing down in the NHL right now. There's not too many games going on, so not too much to keep track of. In big league news, Patrick Kane scored his thousandth point the other night. It came on a secondary assist. He scored it at home, so got to have that experience of the home crowd going wild for him. He, uh, his family had been like traveling traveling around to all of the games lately to see him play so that they could hopefully be there as he celebrated his 1000th point. And then they ended up missing that game because they all got stuck in Toronto because of weather. On Tuesday night, uh, the team did a ceremony for him. And it happened to be the same night that Joel Quenville returned to Chicago for the first time in his role as head coach of the Florida Panthers. Uh, so a little bit of two for the price of one in terms of feelings for Chicago fans. Quenville's Panthers won that game four to three. Frankie Vitrano had a hat trick, like, which is the least likely thing I would have expected to happen. Chicago tried to like mount a comeback, but 
uh, they just could not figure out a way to beat their old coach, which seems like uh, something they probably should have been able to figure out how to do, seeing as how I don't really think he's like tweaked his systems or his plans very much uh, since he coached there. They even got a rare smile out of Joel Quenville when they honored him on the Jumbotron with the video welcome back thing, and uh, he got a standing ovation from the crowd and gave a little smile and a wave, which is the most emotion you get out of Joel Quenville pretty much ever. Thanks to the Kings losing streak uh, as they ended their road trip, they are now back down to last in the Pacific with 41 points. There was a very glorious moment where Anaheim was really last, but they have won more games than we have. Uh, so they are just ahead of the Kings at 43 points. In terms of wildcard spots in the West, Arizona and Vegas hold both of them. They have 57 points each. The Jets have been on a kind of downward slide lately and they have slid themselves right out of the uh, other wildcard spot. So right now they're both uh, being held by Pacific teams, which is uh, definitely not what anyone expected, given how historically weak everyone thinks the Pacific Division is. If you look at the top five teams in the Pacific Division, Vancouver leads the Pacific with 58 points. Right behind them, Edmonton, Calgary, Arizona, and Vegas, all with 57 points. Edmonton's played 49 games. Vegas has played 52. So there's a spread, obviously, right there in terms of games played. But the fact that the top five teams in the division are all within literally one point of each other is absolutely bonkers. San Jose is sixth in the division, by the way, with 46 points. So quite a drop from Vegas to San Jose. And yet again, like why in the world did Vegas fire their coach? They literally have the same amount of points as the second team in the division. They just have played a couple more games. That'll be something crazy to keep an eye on as we get down the stretch, uh, especially knowing that the Kings aren't going to be fighting for it. It's going to be nice just to watch everyone else beat each other up. Over in the East, Justin Williams is back with the Carolina Hurricanes in his first game back. He scored the game winner in the shootout against the Islanders and then two goals on Tuesday night in a win over the Winnipeg Jets. So Justin Williams doesn't look like he has missed a step at all. Uh, right back to form. Right now he's playing wing on the fourth line, but obviously we all know that he's a player you can move up and down the lineup as you need. And really just, I think, seeing him out there and seeing him fighting along with all those other guys is enough motivation for the Carolina Hurricanes to do their very best every single game. Uh, Carolina is my official pick for a team that I'll root for in the playoffs, and they are currently holding down the first wildcard spot in the East. They're within striking distance of the third place spot in the Metropolitan Division, so things could get interesting there. You know, I'm not going to lie, like, I, I wish the Kings were in the playoffs. I wish that the Kings were a better team. I know that we are trying and on our way and whatever. But at the same time, despite the fact that I wish that they did better, I'm not too sad to be not having to be a part of all of this absolute stupidity of playoff seeding and who's going to be in what spot and having to like bank a million points to like hold on to your wildcard spot or whatever. I don't miss that right now. It's too stressful. I'm so tired. I don't need that kind of stress in my life. Like I said, the league is kind of quiet right now. Not a whole bunch going on. Wednesday is the last day of action before everyone goes on the All-Star break. So we've got Winnipeg and Columbus and then Detroit and Minnesota. That game is on NBCSN. So if you want to watch hockey and you don't subscribe to anything, I'm sorry, but you have to watch the Red Wings and the Minnesota Wild. That's at 5 o'clock p.m. Pacific time today, Wednesday, January 22nd. Of course, the All-Star game is Friday and Saturday with the game itself happening on Saturday, skills competition stuff happening on Friday, 
And then right after that, the AHL All-Star Game, and then hockey picks back up on January 27th. We, of course, don't see the Kings for quite some time. Their next game is going to be January 29th, facing the Tampa Bay Lightning, who are going to be on the road and coming to Staples Center. So we've got a week until we see more Kings action. So hang on. Just hang on until then. You can do it. I believe in you. That is about it for us today here on Locked on Los Angeles Kings. We'll be back tomorrow talking more Kings, talking more league, talking more prospects, whatever comes to mind as we uh, continue our lives without NHL hockey and wait for the All-Star game. You, of course, can find me on Twitter at RightSaidSarah or at LockedOnLAKings. Give me a follow, say hello. Let me know what you want to hear, what topics you want covered, what players you want to learn more about, anything like that. Give me a shout out. Say hi. Let's 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 make this show together, you and me. Let me know what you're interested in learning more about. Of course, make sure you're subscribed to the show if you haven't already. If you're new here or you've just happened to stumble across us on Spotify or whatever you're listening to us on, go find that subscribe button. Hit the button. Uh, if you are extra super just kind of finding us out there, you can find us on Apple, Google, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, and basically wherever you find podcasts. Go give us a subscribe, say hello, listen to the shows, leave a rating or a review, let people know that you like what you're hearing, and of course, tell all your friends all about it. Make sure they know that they can listen to a podcast about the Kings just about every day on Locked on Los Angeles Kings, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day.